This podcast is offered by the San Francisco Zen Center on the web at sfzc.org. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. It's nice to see all of you this morning. Um, it's been a while since I've given a talk at Green Gulch. <clears throat> um, my talk this morning... We'll have two parts. <clears throat> but uh, there are two parts of the same thing. Um, I have a little book here called Abhidhamma Studies that uh, uh, was printed in... Um, in the uh, early 60s. And um, there's a uh, section that um, we don't usually, at least I, I have not been familiar with. I've been using this for some time, many years, uh, periodically. Um, uh, it's called the sixth uh, qualification, uh, excuse me, six um, qualitative factors. Um, and it, it uh, um, uh, features six um, practices that uh, interact with each other and balance each other and that are present in our everyday life, moment to moment. Uh, but are not usually stated in this way. Um, but before I um, get into that, I have a, um, a little story that I'd like to uh, present. Um, and you may have heard this before. I don't know if you have. Um, but it's um, by priest uh, Do'an Do Yuan Zen uh, from the Tang Dynasty. Uh, he talks about um, his experience of practice on Mount um, uh, Is Isan or uh, Guishan. Makoshan, Chinese. Um, uh, uh, Guishan lived on Mount Gui in China. And um, this monk practiced with him on his mountain. And this is what he had to say about it. He said, I have lived on Mount Guishan for over 30 years. Pretty long time to practice I'm one, at one place. He said, I have done nothing but eaten Guishan's rice and, uh, and shit, Guishan's shit. I learned nothing from my master, Guishan. 
the only thing I have um, accomplished was uh, to tend to a water buffalo. When he wandered off the road, I yanked him back. <clears throat> and if he trampled on other people's fields, I hit him with, the, my, with, with my whip. After a while, he became quite tame. The only problem was that he would follow anyone who called him. But now <clears throat> he has changed into a pure, innocent beast <clears throat> who stays next to me and always looks um, serene and bright. Even if I stay, even if I try to chase him away, he stays right with me. So that's uh, Priest Yuan Do An Yuan Zen's testament to his 30 years of practice. He just stayed on the mountain and just ate boom, tended to the water buffalo. <clears throat> and uh, after 30 years, he didn't have anything to show for it, except that the water buffalo was always glowing. It's like a kind of testament to um, don't seek anything, just do the practice. And that we um, uh, get the practice or get the result through our pores. Uh, we always say that uh, we receive the practice through our pores. Just do the work and don't worry about it. And at some point, we come out shiny. Shiny. <laughs> I just thought I would use that as an introduction. As a matter of fact, as I was uh, studying the main subject here, the six qualitative factors, I ran across that. And I, oh, I remember this. So I thought I would share that with you. So, you know, when, when we practice Zen, there's always this question, why do we do this? I mean, especially when we get into a tight corner. You know, ordinarily, we kind of know why we do this practice, getting up every morning, um, uh, going to the bathroom, <laughs> sit Zen, eat breakfast. So that's pretty normal. But in the middle of uh, seven days of sashin, when our whole body is aching, possibly, why did I do this? How, how do I get out of this? Good question. Um, 
uh, I always thought, how do I penetrate this? How can I actually stay here? So um, these qualitative factors, six qualitative factors, um, also have their opposites within the six. So they are factors that balance each other <clears throat> and are present in our life moment to moment. So I'll read, I'll, uh, I'll present the list of the six and then I'll talk about each one of them. Uh, the first one is uh, tranquility and serenity. Cultivating tranquility and serenity. The second one is cultivating agility, uh, sometimes called energy, but it's a certain kind of energy um, uh, called agility. And the third one is called pliancy or um, flexibility. And the fourth one is called workability. Uh, workability is like um, uh, clay or gold. <clears throat> and um, the fifth one is proficiency. Uh, being able to do what you're doing well. And the sixth one is called uprightness. So these are very common to us. Um, but as a group, uh, um, they uh, balance each other and work together and are always present in a, any, an, an, any wholesome state of being or state of mind. So these um, six factors apply to both uh, body and mind. Like um, uh, tranquility and serenity of body and of mind. Agility of both body and of mind. Pliancy of both body and mind. Workableness. Uh, which is a, a, a factor of balance of both body and mind. <laughs> Proficiency of both body and mind and uprightness of both body and mind. So going back to the beginning, to look at what 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 is it meant by uh, tranquility and serenity. Tranquility is kind of like a, uh, a body of water that's without any wind. Body of water without any wind, which is very placid. Uh, I don't know if you've been to Japan, but um, there's certain parts of Japan where they grow a lot of rice. And at a certain time of year, the rice paddies are flooded with water. And the water is so still, it's like a mirror. And it mirrors the clouds and the sky. 
uh, and it's the most beautiful thing. And it corresponds to our inner tranquility, our inner um, uh, calmness. And I can see how rice and growing rice uh, as both a uh, physical and spiritual uh, aspect for Japanese people. Um, uh, and it, it's, it's the root of uh, nirvana in a certain sense. Um, it's this, like the seed of nirvana. And this is what we do in Zazen, right? Hopefully, <laughs> when we sit. I like to um, uh, express these six factors <clears throat> as factors that we experience in Zazen, because it gives us a, a, a very easy um, reference point for our activity. But you can use any activity to express these six. Um, so it, it's also a kind of deep stillness. Nirvana, uh, you know, it's called the cool state sometimes. Um, I remember Suzuki Roshi talking about um, how we should cultivate a um, uh, warm feet and a cool head. So um, warm feet is the basis and the um, cool head is our uh, peacefulness. So it's also the root of uh, composure. Um, and it's, it's um, an as the aspect of samadhi. Samadhi is like this. Samadhi is the, the cool head and the warm feet. Um, and samadhi is stability. The character for stability is the same as for samadhi. Um, serenity is like a sunset, like at the end of the day, if there's no war going on, <laughs> we have some peacefulness, uh, then our mind becomes serene, like a beautiful sunset. And so it's, it's the expression of the joy. I think serenity is the expression of the, of the joy of samadhi or the joy of tranquility. Um, so we can't always experience that in our, in our everyday life, but it's there within the, act, the activity of our everyday life. There are two ways to um, uh, express um, serenity and tranquility. Uh, one is through zazen and um, cutting off activity, other activities but it's also the, the essence of all activities. And it should be, I, I don't like to use the word should, although I enjoy it. <laughs> it's easy, so you should. Um, but it, uh, 
we should, we should allow that um, uh, serenity and tranquility to be the basis of our uh, activity. I can't read that. Um, to be the basis of our activity, and no matter what we're doing. So that's how we practice. Yes, sir. Yeah. I can't wait to do that. Yeah. We're getting a notice about somebody who enters. Yeah. That's all. Um, so, um, but uh, this leads into the next factor, which is agility, which is, of course, agility um, in this sense, lightness, um, springiness of mind and of body, um, uh, which is a kind of counter or balancing factor to uh, serenity. Um, and uh, tranquility, because serenity and tranquility can lead to sloth—not uh, not sloth, but um, laziness or, or uh, scattering of energy. Or um, you know, you, you may feel so good you don't want to move. <laughs> so you need a little bit of agility to. Um, uh, uh, motivate you. Uh, I like to think of uh, um, agility as like um, a young colt, maybe a week old or two weeks old and prancing around the corral and like almost not even touching the ground. I don't know if you've seen, experienced that, but the colt is prancing around and on the tips of it, so it's just barely touching the ground and springing all over the place. So that's nice to have that kind of mind. <laughs> um, so it's by being alert and um, alert and buoyant, energetic. Um, it's like having the ability to turn to a wholesome um, uh, object uh, unhesitatingly. <clears throat> Both mentally and physically, if possible. Um, you know, it, it's like uh, releasing our natural energy, not forcing anything not uh, being solidly within our body and mind and um, having clarity. It's, it's a, a certain kind of clarity that um, we experience in, in young beings. <laughs> so it's like um, uh, 
I don't think it has any much to do with age, although it might, depending on who, you know, your propensities. Um, sometimes, uh, as you, as we get older, as we all do and are doing, <laughs> moment by moment, uh, and our body slows down, and, and uh, but we we still feel we don't feel old in our mind. That's most old people. Well, I don't feel, I just feel the same as I always did when I was younger. That's kind of like buoyancy of mind. Even though you keep getting older, <clears throat> um, certain aspect of um, uh, uh, clarity and, and buoyancy are still there and you still think you're 21. So that um, agility is a complement to um, serenity and um, tranquility. And then there's something called pliancy, pliancy of mind, pliancy of body. Um, uh, it's called softness. Suzuki Roshi and flexibility Suzuki Roshi used to talk about um, uh, soft mind. Uh, usually we think of soft mind as kind of like sluggishness, but this is not sluggishness, it's, it's the near enemy of uh, pliancy of mind. Um, it means that you bend with things, merge with things, and uh, take take shape with things. Um, uh, you know how to, how to take on different shapes. Like Avalokiteshvara is supposed to be uh, able to um, take any shape of any person. Avalokiteshvara um, can uh, walk into any situation and blend with it and know exactly what shape to take in order to be part of that situation. This is a very important um, uh, factor for us. You know, we tend to, um, uh, not all of us, not all the time, but there's a tendency in people <laughs> to um, stay in our own space and find our, our uh, safety in our own space. But Avalokiteshvara uh, uh, can, be, can become a woman in order to blend with a woman, can become, um, uh, uh, take, the, take the shape of a man to uh, uh, help a man, uh, take the shape of a dog or a cat or whatever. To, to have an appropriate association with whatever uh, he or she is meeting. It's kind of blending and at the same time, keeping our own space. Uh, so pliancy or flexibility uh, uh, 
and the ability to take any shape. And that's uh, dependent on open-mindedness, on non-attachment. It's like grass, the mind of grass, that when the wind comes, the grass just takes the shape of the wind, whereas houses and big trees blow away, but the grass doesn't get damaged because the, the grass knows how to take the shape of the wind. So instead of harboring resentments and ill will and so forth, which is its opposite, um, it, we know how to ride the waves and waves are continually coming our way. So it's, it's, it's the opposite of stiffness and um, uh, resistance. There was a, um, a book that was written by a, a really neat guy uh, back in the 60s. It's called Giving In to Get, you, get, in, giving in to get Your Way. Instead of forcing your way on people or on situations, to blend with situations in order to um, find the correct way. And we find actually that when when we are not stiff and and more yielding, that things come our way uh, without having to seek them out. So it's the opposite of dogmatism and um, rigidity, resilience. Um, so these two, uh, agility and pliancy, um, we usually talk about some of the others, you know, but we don't usually talk about these two aspects. And they're very, very important, especially in Zazen. Um, uh, the secret of sitting zazen, and especially of sashin, is, um, well, tranquility is, is like the goal, maybe, or one goal, if we have one. Um, and agility and pliancy um, allow, uh, allow us to um, sit, sit up straight. Uh, in, a, in the most confined posture with various sensations, bodily sensations that we may or may not like. <laughs> uh, and if we don't have pliancy and, and um, uh, agility, uh, it doesn't work. So these um, two wonderful aspects are forced on us. Too bad, but we're so lucky. <laughs> um, the fourth one is called workableness. And that's, that's really important in Zazen. Um, the balance, uh, workableness is the balance of factors that you're working with. Um, if you make a cake, you know, or you're kneading bread, making bread, we used to make bread all the time back in the um, 
1560s. Um, so much water, so much flour, and so forth. And knowing what the balance of those ingredients are, uh, if there's too much water, it, it doesn't stand up. And if there's too much flour, it, it gets stiff and falls apart. <clears throat> so we're working with, with the balance of workableness all the time in our, in our daily life. Um, uh, usually, um, uh, clay and gold are used as um, uh, examples. You know, when you if if you've ever done pottery, you know, workableness of the clay. You're always getting the, the slip and the uh, and and the. Um, various ingredients that go into the clay and balance. We're doing that all the time. And we're doing that with our mind all the time and we're doing it with whatever it is that we're handling. Um, uh, this gives us some sense of um, mindfulness. It's a real, real mind mindfulness practice factor. Um, and it's called tempered, or a temperamental, <laughs> or temperature. Um, mental temper. Uh, and it's, it's uh, how swords are made, and horseshoes, and, you know, various metal things. Uh, you you um, uh, use fire to shape the metal. And then you use cold water to set that temper. And this is how all the fine uh, metal works are, um, uh, especially swords. <laughs> uh, this is how, how Japanese um, sword makers uh, uh, always were working on their um, implements to make to refine them so well so temper is is a really important factor in our practice um, as we begin to um, uh, refine our practice it's called temper tempering so don't lose your temper each one of us has a temper which uh, can be either smooth or rough, um, temperamental, mental temper. Um, uh, and when, we, you know, um, uh, sometimes we talk about a person's personality in terms of um, smell or in terms of um, taste. Uh, where we think of each other in those terms sometimes. Uh, and temperamental, to, to keep a fine temper, uh, which is a, a balance of mind and body. Uh, you can tell a person's 
temper through their actions and the way they walk and the way they relate. So we should be thinking about that, or at least aware of that as, a, as an important factor in our practice. Uh, a tempered state of mind, not too firm and not too soft. So we're, we're working with soft and um, firm all the time. Um, to address someone firmly, to address someone softly, you should be able, we should be able to do it to do this automatically, depending on how we perceive or feel or smell or taste someone's personality. So, um, you, you know, when, I, when we sit in zazen, we're, we're tempering all the time. And we shouldn't be, we should be firm and soft at the same time. That's the secret of zazen. Well-tempered, firm, firm, firmly sitting, but with a soft mind and a soft um, attitude. So that we're totally flexible all the time. We're never stiff, never stiff and hard, always soft, and at the same time, firm and tempered well. That's the secret of Zazen, and that's what we should be looking for all the time in Zazen. <clears throat> uh, the, the, the next um, factor is called proficiency. We want to do something well. Why not? You know, we're, even though we want to do something well all the time, we don't necessarily come up to that. But at the same time, uh, because we have a soft mind, we can accept that fact and we just keep working. What's the end of Zazen? <laughs> the end is the beginning. <laughs> The end of Zazen is always the beginning. Every ending is the beginning. So there's no final end. So proficiency. Um, um, you know, we want to be fit mentally. We want to be fit physically. Um, but there's, we always have some kind of disability or flaw or um, problem doing what we really want to do, which is good, actually, because it motivates us. So instead of thinking, what's wrong with this practice? <laughs> How can I come up to this practice? That's our question. Not what's wrong with this practice, or why are they doing this this way or that way, or what does this mean, or something like that? Because how do I come up to this practice? How do I? How can I do that? And we're always coming up to it, and we're always sliding back. And <clears throat> uh, as we keep coming up to it, we gain confidence. 
the confidence is really important. Proficiency is uh, practice, uh, the practice of um, cultivating confidence. Um, and making an effort to maintain our mental and physical health. And we gain faith and confidence through um, continuous practice, constant practice. Uh, constant practice and devotion leads to confidence and proficiency. Um, selfless practice and spontaneity leads to spontaneity. Because selfless practice uh, means you give yourself over to yourself. <laughs> Instead of trying to be yourself, you just give yourself over to yourself. You know, we don't, I'm using the word cultivation, but usually we don't use that word so much. But uh, I think in this case, I like to use the word cultivation because um, it's like cultivating a garden. Our practice, you know, has many uh, wonderful plants. Our body is full of wonderful flowers and how we take care of that and cultivate it and uh, for the sake of itself. So the opposite is like um, hesitation, ambivalence. You know, it's wonderful when uh, new members, new practitioners, uh, often, I think most new practitioners, although making an effort, still have some ambivalence. And it's wonderful when they let go of the ambivalence and simply um, uh, accept the difficulties, you know, as we know, the difficulties that we have are the heart of our practice. We either give up or we plunge ahead. And the going ahead in practice is what gives us our um, confidence. You know, uh, there's people always compare it themselves to each other. We're always comparing ourselves to somebody else. But when we can stop doing that, or when we can use it, a comparison for positive action, instead of um, jealousy or um, wishful thinking, uh, then uh, that becomes useful. It's mo a motivation. So-and-so is, um, uh, you know, can do this and that, and uh, I can't, you know. But you can do yourself. You're not gonna, you can't do somebody else 
but you can do it yourself. You can find your own proficiency within your own disability. That's, this is, I think, the, how we actually practice with our, our um, inability to be perfect. If we actually utilize and focus on what we can do, that's realization. Instead of wishing we could do what somebody else can do. That's fulfillment or can be. <clears throat> so um, the last one is called uprightness. Um, uprightness, of course, has to do with posture, but it's posture of mind as well as posture of body. So the, mind, the body follows the mind, even though the mind can influence, the body can influence the mind. Body does influence the mind, but the mind is the leader. And the mind, um, when the mind is upright, the body can be upright. Um, so when our mind is open, totally open, uh, without any conditioning, or without being caught by conditioning, or stuck in conditioning, that unconditioned mental factor uh, is called uprightness. It goes beyond conditions. You know, when we sit in Zazen, we assume the unconditioned posture. When we look around us in our daily life, uh, our postures are often and mostly conditioned by our fears, our anxieties, our um, happiness, or whatever it is that we're thinking. So in Zazen, we're not thinking about anything <laughs> except Zazen. And so posture is totally unconditioned and open. And it's easy to sit for 40 minutes. It can be easy to sit for 40 minutes just concentrating on your posture or just concentrating on your breath or going around and your whole body and because the whole body is changing all the time, even though it looks like we're sitting still. And micromanaging your body because it's always changing. And to just sit still that way, totally flexible, totally open, not un and unrestricted. To find that unrestricted posture in your totally restricted body. So, you know, the, uh, <clears throat> the history books talk about Shakyamuni's um, noble posture, noble bearing, noble bearing. What is noble? Noble means totally um, upright. When, and according to the 
history story when um, Shakyamuni's five companions that he ascetic companions that he practiced with uh, saw him coming after uh, his um, moonlight experience, morning star experience. They said, who is this that, that's coming like that with this noble bearing? Uh, and there, there are other stories like that. I think with Mogalana and um, Shariputra were walking along as young acolytes. And this um, somebody went up to them and said, Who are you guys? Um, you have such a noble bearing. A simply empty mind um, uprightness. Also called backbone. You can, Suzuki Roshi used to talk about um, uh, if, if uh, you need the back, you, you need, he didn't say backbone exactly, but he said posture. When you hold, unless, unless you, you can hold the posture of your back, it's really hard to sit on that. So uh, going back to the beginning, tranquility, and tranquility and uprightness are the two pillars of uh, our practice, and in which we express in zazen, and which we can and we can express all six of these uh, in all of our activity, all of our actions, workableness. Agility, pliancy, those three inner practices are really um, important. So when we sit in zazen, um, uh, to have softness and pliancy uh, and uh, to let go and uh, workableness. Um, <clears throat> when I sit Zazen, I actually think about those factors. Not necessarily in that order. I have a suggestion that I have for um, give to my members that whenever you sit zazen, every single time, you give yourself zazen instruction like you were giving zazen instruction to somebody else. And see how that works. Actually, people forget. These are, are factors that are all the, the, um, the, uh, um, components of uh, efficient zazen.
tranquility and serenity, agility, lightness, buoyancy, pliancy, softness, soft mind, flexibility, uh, workableness, like um, uh, clay or bread or gold. If, it's, if there's too much water, it doesn't work. If there's too much uh, solid substance, it doesn't work. So refining, it's called refining. Refining your practice. If um, anybody wants a list of this, of these things, I'm happy to supply it, you with it and to give you all the information about this book. I don't know if it's still extend or not. So, um, I hope that wasn't too boring. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the San Francisco Zen Center. Our programs are made possible by the donations we receive. Please help us to continue to realize and actualize the practice of giving by offering your financial support. For more information, visit sfzc.org and click Giving. May we fully enjoy the Dharma.